You don't want to overreact to one game, but a 21-point loss to the Utah Jazz exposed a few things with the New Orleans Pelicans. The good news, these are all easy fixes, and one of them is named Brandon Ingram. Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans lose in kind of embarrassing fashion, 121-100 to the Utah Jazz, ending their seven-game winning streak. But there's a theme in today's show that I want you to know, and that's don't overreact to one game. We'll look at what went wrong for New Orleans, things they can fix, but I want you to keep that in mind because that's going to come up again and again and again in today's episode. Don't overreact to one game, at least not yet. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all after the good, the wins, and the bad to breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to support the show, comment down below on YouTube. Let me know. Is this a a bad loss for you? Are you concerned? Are you not concerned? I'm curious what you have to say. Let me know down on YouTube. So let's get right on into it. And oh, by the way, sorry about the bad audio with Antonio Daniels yesterday, but I wanted to get that show out so you could hear the gist of what he had to say, even if you couldn't hear it coming through at times. We'll get that fixed for the next episode. So this game swung at one point in the second quarter. You could see New Orleans came out and they weren't playing their best. They were having a rough shooting night. They're coming down from two big games against the Phoenix Suns and a letdown, while I don't want to say was inevitable or that we should have seen it coming because we shouldn't have. This team's better than the way they played in this one. You know, it was going to happen sooner or later. You're not, unfortunately, going to win every single game. And at one point in the second quarter, Zion picked up his third foul and had to sit for nine minutes and 23 seconds. And once that happened, the wheels came off for New Orleans. They scored nine total points the rest of that period. The Utah Jazz scored 17. And the game was lost right there. New Orleans while one of the deeper teams, if not the deepest team in the league, something that Antonio Daniels and I talked about yesterday, and I'll get a little bit more into it in the next segment, is these guys work well around Zion. They work well around the Pelicans' stars. And when those stars aren't out there on the court or performing like CJ, well, things fell off pretty hard, and that's one of the reasons why you saw them really struggle to score. It works when Zion's out there. When he isn't out there, things don't look nearly as good. And when he left the game... It just threw the Pelicans off, and they didn't really have an answer. They didn't really have a game plan for that. And why should they? They're not going to have a game plan, let's say, for when Zion's not in there or when Zion's in foul trouble, because he's supposed to be there. He's been in there. This is really the first time they've had to experience something like this in a while. And role players play better at home than they do on the road. And the wheels just kind of fell off, and this is a bad loss, and you chuck it away. But you're not going to see... Games where Trey Murphy goes 0 for 7. You're not going to see Valchunas go 6 of 13 and only grab one defensive rebound. More on that in the third segment of today's show. 
You're not going to always see, though it's becoming more of a norm than we'd like, CJ go for 14 points on 6 of 17 shooting. This is just one of those games that happens in an 82-game regular season, and you don't think too much about it. You're not always going to shoot 4 of 27 from 3. That is where the number just go. 14.8%, 15%, let's round up and be a little bit optimistic here. New Orleans this season has ranked 10th in three-point percentage, 36.8%, 37%. What you saw in this game against the Utah Jazz is just such an anomaly that you don't really need to pay too much attention to it till you see three, four, five games of this almost in a row. And then kind of generate a little bit of concern and we'll talk about it. This is just one of those games where the Utah Jazz came out, punched New Orleans in the face, and they didn't really have an answer. And that happens sometimes. It's an 82-game season. It's tough to keep the same level of intensity and things like that throughout all of it. You know, the Boston Celtics are probably, I think everyone kind of agrees, the best team in the NBA right now. They just surrendered a huge lead. I'm watching the end of this right now. There's about four minutes left to the Los Angeles Lakers. They were up big and now they are down 10 when I just last looked at the score. It happens to even very good teams, sometimes against very bad teams. New Orleans, and again, don't overreact, right? 15 straight misses from three. That doesn't happen. That's not how it works. That's not the way New Orleans plays. They don't take a ton of threes, and that's going to lead into something in the next segment that's important, I think, to really look at. But games this bad, it will be okay. So don't overreact. We don't need to trade everyone here. And I don't really think Pelicans fans are doing that. I think they really understand that this is just kind of one of those things in a long season. You know, you look at some of the other really rough performances from guys. And, you know, Jose still injured with his ribs. He shot one of six. You had Dyson Daniels not making the impact other than defensively that you'd really like to see from him. Najee was only able to get six points. You know, guys just couldn't get anything going. And it was just like, man, can't catch a break. And that happens. It felt like it was contagious. Once one guy started missing threes, well, then it took a while. You know, everyone else kind of caught the three misses. And I don't even know what I'm saying. They made their first three. It was great, right? I even tweeted it out. It was Zion and kind of a, just a little two-man game action, just trying to post up isolation, kicks it out to CJ. Once he draws that defender in, CJ makes a three, and it's like, we're in store for a good CJ night. And then, oh my God, that didn't age well whatsoever, did it? And while CJ hasn't been amazing this year, he hasn't been like truly atrocious outside of a few games. He started to get it going in that second game against the Phoenix Suns. And then this game, I don't know what was going on. He only took two threes in this, which seems a little off to me. So if New Orleans isn't going to have that three ball falling on the limited threes that they take, they need to try and make that up another way. That answer, that answer is very simple. And it's one name and it's Brandon Ingram, who's out injured. And we got an update on his injury status. So let's give you that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want from a community of local hosts. So browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or a luxury car for a special event. I've seen people 
get DeLoreans on there. And I just really want to drive one. So I'm looking to do that. The second one is available near me. They also have affordable economy cars. If you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B, or you can test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your dream car. You'll find the drive you want over at Turo.com, T-U-R-O.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. We're not just here in the good times. We're here when games are rough, and we saw that against the Utah Jazz. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Get included into how fun this Pelicans team is. Subscribe on YouTube and leave a comment on YouTube as well. So we got an update from Brandon Ingram. Oh, by the way, make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. There's so much stuff going on. World Cup semifinals, we're getting the final set. So make sure, Locked On Sports Today, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide everything you need to know about the sports world in under 30 minutes. Available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we were talking about the Pelicans loss to the Utah Jazz, 121-100. They needed to generate more offense. It was as simple as that. Their offense has been very good this season. It's Zion-centric. When Zion's not playing, falls apart a little bit. Guys don't get the shots they want. They're forced to kind of step into roles that maybe they're not fully ready for. Their depth works because that depth works around Zion Williamson, which is what Antonio Daniels and I were talking about in the show the other day. So if that goes away, things fall apart. That also is falling apart right now because they don't have Brandon Ingram out there. Brandon Ingram, former All-Star, second best player or arguably best player on the team. He's been out. He's missed the past now eight games with a big toe injury. And we got an update from him and or for, about him that was basically he had a setback. And I expected him to return against the Suns. Something went wrong. There was a setback somewhere in his rehab. And he wasn't able to give it a go. He's going to be reevaluated another week. So you're looking at maybe his return against the Bucks, maybe against the San Antonio Spurs, more likely late next week. It's not ideal. But... I don't think, and this is why I said the theme of today's episode is don't overreact, that you'll see very many games like this. Zion is not a guy that gets in constant foul trouble. The Pelicans defense, which we'll get to more in the next segment, usually is pretty reliable and doesn't kind of put him in bad situations. And the refs were a little weird in this one at times. There's only so much you can do. And in an 82-game season, while every game does matter, you're still allowed to lose a couple and it'll be okay. But Brandon Ingram coming back fixes a lot of what you saw in this game. It alleviates a lot of the concerns, and it's another reason why don't overreact. Zion's out with foul trouble. It's useful to have a guy in Brandon Ingram that you can go to. The Pelicans did win a game earlier in the season against the Chicago Bulls where they only made three total threes. And because B.I. went off in the fourth quarter getting the line scoring, so if you have that guy, it really alleviates your need to rely on the three-point shot as much as possible. Should New Orleans have shot more threes in this one? Probably more so, at least CJ. But if they weren't making them, you need to be able to score in other ways. And they just didn't have that because, well, their second-best player wasn't there. Sometimes the analysis that I do here is pretty simple. And this is one of those situations. With Zion off the court, it could have been BI-centric. They've won games like that. They were good last year with it being BI-centric. He can handle the ball. He can distribute. He can create for others too, though he should be working more off-ball when he's back on the court with Zion. You like to know that you have him there, and they didn't in this one. So the reason they lost this game is 
at times because they didn't have their second best player. And a lot of teams lose to decent to good teams, which the Utah Jazz are. I don't quite know where they fall right now, but they're not bad. And they have talented players there. And so when you see those guys out there playing, doing things well, that's going to kind of work in their favor when the Pelicans don't have Brandon Ingram out there. We hope he can come back sooner. You know, should the Pelicans get in trouble like this again and you can't rely on B.I. because he's out injured or Zion, you need to find a way to get C.J. McCollum going. And you almost need to then start to run him and have him create for others. He had, a, you know, a couple of nice assists in this one, I thought, and does do a good job of... No, he didn't have an assist. He had a couple hockey assists there. That's where they need to really use him, right? They didn't use him enough kind of in that point guard sense. He needs that ball in his hand to create for others at times. When his shot isn't falling, that is something that they have been doing well. He at least gets his assist numbers and is creating good looks for others. Here, you see him trying to force things a little bit too much, hence why he has no assist, which really thought he did. And you saw it a couple of times, two threes from him, and a lot of time he just didn't take a three-point shot to dribble into a long mid-range, which is a good look for him for the most part, but at a certain point, just shoot the three because you could see the Jazz were really focusing on Zion down low, walling him off and not letting him even get to the rim. And a well-coached team with a lot of length there that they use to their advantage. We'll talk about that in the next segment when it comes to the rebounding. You know, limited Zion at times. Zion still got 26 points on 16 shots. That's really good numbers. But it wasn't as effective of an offense as they could be, and they needed to space the court better, and you could see the Jazz weren't scared of any shooters for New Orleans. CJ's got to take threes and hopefully make them. Shooters got to shoot. You got to shoot out of a slump. Same for Trey Murphy. You want him taking threes even when he goes 0 for 4 a night. Keep taking more. Struggled defensively. Tried to go for a huge dunk in the beginning. That dude wants to be in the dunk contest, and if he gets in, probably would be a lot of fun. But maybe he needs to stop pressing a little bit too much and just kind of take the easy offense that can come to him from these other guys. CJ's got to do a better job of creating for others in those situations too, I think. I do think that he was trying to force things a little bit too much. Two threes for him is just too few. He's a really good three-point shooter, not this season, but his career. Get into that rhythm, man. This was your time. Without Zion on the court, go out and do the things you need to do. He took four shots in that stretch of nine and a half minutes that Zion wasn't on the court in the second quarter. Herb took three. Valanciunas took four. Trey took two. Dyson won. Najee Marshall won. Man, that's CJ's time. That's CJ's time to kind of just do what he needs to do to try and go out and score. Give the ball to CJ, let him go out and just do what he needs to do. Try and dribble down low. That's not there. Kick it out to an open shooter who they were missing their threes. It's just like one of those nights. But you see, he needed to be a little bit better. They needed more from him. Not the best night from him. But a lot of this gets alleviated when it comes to Brandon Ingram when he's back out there on the court. So coming up next, let's look at the defense because that was an area they struggled and something they could control a little bit more here. And again, Don't overreact, and I'll explain why coming up in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether it's pro football, college bowl season, roll wave, basketball, the World Cup. They've got it all over at BetOnline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those over at Bet Online as well. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports betting info. The NBA just renamed all their end of season awards: MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, most. Um, they have the new one, the Clutch Player of the Year, most improved. If you want the NBA futures and you feel good about someone winning one of those awards, Zion for MVP, Zion for most improved potentially too. Is there a sixth man of the year here in New Orleans? You can go and get those odds over at betonline.net. So head to the website today. You can also get there on your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all. The good, the bad, we're going to break it all down and why you shouldn't overreact to the Pelicans' 121-100 loss to the Utah Jazz. Now for your second listen. Locked on Saints, host Ross Jackson is awesome, rising star, covering everything black and gold. What do they do for the future? Is there a chance Sean Payton comes back? Ross Jackson breaking it down over at Locked on Saints. Make sure they are your second listen today. So let's look at the defense. We looked at the offense, which just was ice cold for the Pelicans. But they also struggled in one particular area in this one, and it really burned them. And that, at times, was three-point shooting. The Jazz made 15 threes. They didn't shoot particularly well from three. 47 takes, 15 makes. It's 32%. That's a number you can live with. But at times, it was just to the wrong guys, particularly Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Malik Beasley. They went off from three. Beasley made five. Nikhil, of course, right in a revenge game, 19 points for him, four of six from deep. Beasley, they were helping off of in a way that I don't truly understand. And it seemed just like the game plan was not there. This is a guy that's been a good three-point shooter. You know he's going to shoot threes. You need to stick a little bit closer to him. You did not see good closeouts from New Orleans in this one. And that's something that I think let those guys get those shots. It was just a lack of communication, recognizing where the shooters were out there on the court. And they didn't do a good job of that whatsoever. New Orleans gives up a lot of threes. They've done a good job of living in that three-point percentage, but this is also one of those situations where, you know, it's kind of when I did the episode on the bend but don't break defense. Look, you give up a lot of threes, it's going to burn you at times, and New Orleans was trading twos for threes in this, and that's a good way to lose the game. The math just doesn't work out in your favor whatsoever. You've got to limit those type of guys that are shooters that you know are going to want to shoot, close out better, and a lot of this came after they just put New Orleans in standard pick and rolls, kicked the ball out, moved the ball around a little bit more till they found a shooter. New Orleans has done a good job with the closeouts. They were not good closeouts today. They were not good contests, and the shooters made the shots, and it's kind of as simple as that sometimes, and it really burned New Orleans. Another area that burned New Orleans was giving up offensive rebounds. The Phoenix Suns are a very good offensive rebounding team, and New Orleans really did limit them for the most part in that two-game set that they played. Here against the Utah Jazz, they did not limit them. 19 offensive rebounds for the Utah Jazz, 22 second-chance points. Now, New Orleans also had 22 second-chance points, but when your offense is struggling to score, you need to end opponent possessions, and they did not do that in this one. Jared Vanderbilt, eight offensive rebounds. Walker Kessler, six Offensive rebounds after getting completely posterized by Zion Williamson. He ended up having himself a nice game. This was one where you need more from Jonas Valanciunas. And at times, rebounding has been a problem for New Orleans. At times, it hasn't. They're the eight, they were the eighth best rebounding team, defensive rebounding team going into this game. They have been good for the, the most part in limiting opponent second chance points other than when they don't and it rains and it pours. So while we've seen this before... 
again, they do a good job of this. Don't overreact. I don't know what happened with Jonas in this game. Some of it I do think was the refs. He was being held down a couple of times on boards, but for the most part, this was self-inflicted by New Orleans and not something that the refs did. New Orleans didn't put bodies on people. A lot of those offensive rebounds just simply box out. Put a body on someone and don't let him get as close like that. A lot of them were those curling offensive rebounds where someone kind of runs around guys that aren't paying attention, gets into kind of a crease and goes up and gets the board. That's something that can't happen here. New Orleans, when you're struggling to score, you got to do it on the defensive side of the ball. Third best defense so far this season. It really failed them there. They could have won this game. They could have won this game. They had a chance in the later part of the third quarter to make this a nine-point game, get it down to single digits. Jose Alvarado missed a three, and then all of a sudden, next thing you knew, that lead was 20, and the game was done. But you got to get it done on the defensive side of the ball, too. You can't give them that many second-chance points when a team isn't shooting particularly well in this one, and Utah, especially from three, wasn't. You had your chance there, and you couldn't get it done. Just an off night for New Orleans. But they've been good this season. They've been good without Brandon Ingram. They've been good with Zion in there. He doesn't normally get in foul trouble, which is where the game really started to get away from them. This game right now looks like an outlier. And these problems, should they come up again, if they come up again, are definitely going to be fixable. So I wouldn't overreact to this game. Let's see how Thursday's game against the Utah Jazz go, where you can make some adjustments, try and figure out what you want to do. Who's going to rebound? Do you go after him as a team? We'll see. What happens when Zion doesn't get in foul trouble? Can you make your threes? Can you generate good looks from three and trust your guys to go out and shoot? We're going to find out. That's why I kind of like these two-game sets that teams play. It's been a lot of fun. So, unfortunate end to the Pelicans' winning streak, but, hey, you get a chance to start a new one on Thursday now. So, as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.